0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Speakly After Hours podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Rick and Morty, philosophy, nihilism, and the intersections of psychology and how they intertwine between all of the above. The lights are down. You are now in the Speakly After Hours.
1: My name is Brian and I'm a college student and majoring in psychology.
2: My name is Jacob and I'm an engineer and a business developer from India.
0: My name is Ryan and
2: I'm an, a, an underemployed dude from New York. Yeah, right. So since we've gotten uh, the introductions in order, uh, let's talk about our topic today, guys. We are talking about Rick and Morty and we having, we're just sort of breaking it down and um, the, the concept of the, of the series itself.
0: Well, we're going to just touch upon, I guess, sort of the big picture stuff that's covered by it, why a show like that would have become a cultural phenomenon the way it did in the first place, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. it we can draw parallels between that show and other cult hits that also seem to, despite having completely different architects behind their making, sort of converge to say very similar things about, you know, the different perspectives on life, essentially and uh, how those have resonated with people enough to maybe suggest that there are real fundamental truths sort of being disseminated through the guise of these colorful, wacky cartoons, because it allows, you know, for a more uh, whimsical sort of way to talk about these sort of dark subjects.
2: Mm. All
0: right. So, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's typically on. the flair
1: that cartoons take. They, they're able to disseminate things that are difficult to, to swallow and, and make it digestible for a more open audience. And that's kind of what comedy does in general as well. I think that's point, part of what
0: the point of laughter is too. You know, it's like you're getting something without necessarily being able to explain what it is you are getting. Um, that's like why it's like people never want to repeat or explain jokes, right? It's a
1: subconscious phenomena. And you when you explain or retell a joke, you're, you're transferring subconscious information to the conscious where you do understand it, but then and you're it's making no longer it too fun. real. Yeah, yeah. And Rick and Morty. I think why it strikes such a core with people is because it's describing the existential phenomena that's occurring in our modern century of um, existential cosmic nihilism where yeah. people are have are having difficulty finding meaning in their lives and, and purpose. And and a a good show and Rick and Morty plays part in this explores that that dimension. A, a good show is explorative. Um because I've heard the quote that like hack writers, they they hash out an ending before they begin. But what a good writer does is they begin writing a story, and they don't know exactly where it's gonna, end or where mm-hmm. it's gonna go. They just let inspiration take them, because it's a, it's a journey, a natural exploration, and, and, and that's what genuine fiction does. And I think that's one thing you can say that Rick and Morty got right is that it really explored, in particular, the existential crisis that we're currently facing in our mo- modern society
0: it breaks down it's sort of like yeah. i think that the show in, in its entirety is a great i mean I, i'm pretty sure that justin Royland, the person who wrote the show was was entp at least or or um rick's the the main character certainly is and how they actually gotten around to that point well he definitely is and so but the point you know to make there is um what makes rick uh, such a relatable character it's that he, he falls in line with what a consistent archetype would be for a person, just one that is um, that sort of is very meta in its scope. And it sort of breaks down kind of the schemas that we've built for ourselves, you know, uh, for society. And it picks them apart and it sort of shows us how ridiculous and sort of how small minded we can be and how insular in our worlds and understandings of things when we really don't have any clue what's going on at grander scales and you know Mm -hmm. there's that quote it's like there is no center of the universe right there's so you can't be it and um it's like the you know i think the grand overarching idea of it is that even though rick may understand more than most people right he understands it in a way that is reductionist. He, he's sort of broken everything down into their little tiny parts. It's like taking your favorite childhood toy, right? And then just atomizing it into just every little constituent particle. And uh, suddenly it's not your favorite childhood toy anymore. But at the same time, yes, it is. It's all there. It's just no longer in a form that's recognizable to you. It's at its base components. And so in many ways, sort of an ENTP, what they do, someone like Rick especially, is that they're so preoccupied with experiencing and learning and gathering all of these truths, these fundamental truths, that what happens when you're sort of done burning through all that fuel is all you have is a bunch of ash left over, you know, it's just a bunch of coal. You can't really uh, feel deeply or, or feel as though you're synchronized with those schemas that allow us to put value in things in this universe in the first place. As a result, he's negligent towards himself, his his relationships, um, and just towards death in general. He seems to treat death with a very cliched, I mean, nonchalant attitude, one where he's like, oh, who cares? Nothing matters. There are a thousand different timelines, and he's just one of the infinitesimal uh, strands on that scalp that is all of the possible lives that a person can live. And um, what it kind of shows is that despite all of his grandeur and all of his knowledge, at the end of the day, if you don't have anything that you care about and you don't have any sort of aim or self-constructed purpose that allows you to channel your talents to create or build, then you're likely just going to be an empty sort of... Um, bitter and aimless drifter in the universe that you now understand. So sort of ties into the Nietzsche in that sense, right? It's like once you've killed God, it's like Rick sort of killed God himself. In one episode, actually, he literally does kill God. I'm pretty sure. And uh, that's kind of a metaphor, right? It's like he is destroying all of the things that we have sort of invented to give ourselves purpose and meaning in what is an otherwise an immense and chaotic universe. Okay, so the show, I think what it does very well is,
1: is, uh, it exemplifies how science has torn apart our religious axiomatic foundations that, that give rise to our perceptions and and meaning to our morals and, and guidance to our um, values and lives. And and interestingly, it does that also symbolically in, in its own show, because it, it plays a joke on, on the natural family dynamic, because mm-hmm. it, it, we, we have, you have a normal family show, like Family Feud or Friends, and you have a nuclear normal family with like parents and children and perhaps a relative of some sorts and they were in a comedy skit of that, and at the end of the show, they wrap everything up with a neat little bow of of happiness and there's some kind of lesson and Rick and Morty takes that framework and plays with it a little bit and pauses parts of it out the window and where there is no lesson you just have more questions because the lesson is is nihilistic and in its exploration where oftentimes there isn't a lesson the lesson is that things are arbitrary in the way that you interpret them things are highly interpretable depending on the context
0: I see it as optimistic nihilism you know because it's like it's interesting how it's like Justin Roiland voices both Rick and Morty right it's like And I guess we'll get to the typology stuff in a second, but one thing I'll just mention now is that Rick and Morty, whether or not these people have any idea about personality types, just through osmosis of art and compounding off of archetypes of the past, the dynamic you have between Rick and Morty is a a dynamic of opposites. It's a yin and yang sort of dynamic. Um, You know, Rick's type and Morty's type would be opposites in, in many capacities. So with that said, um, the dynamic that they sort of represent shows two distinct yet equally valid ways of looking at the world, right? Either wanting to just be a part of it and to be loved and to, you know, marry the redheaded girl with the locker across from you, you know, and uh, and just to be happy versus wanting to understand it all and wanting to be you know, to know more than everyone else, and to sort of look down on those who um, stay confined within those schemas as I guess sheep in many cases. But this show turn—it's turning—it's turning around what it turns around. It flips on its head, but it already flipped on its head, and it flips it over again because that's kind of the whole point. No matter which reference frame you're in, like from a physical. Almost from a metaphysical perspective, right, every reference frame is equally as valid as the other. And so whereas Rick may, in a sense, be free, he is also trapped, right, because he's he no longer is able to bring himself to care or commit or feel for almost anything that would give his life some form of structure or continuity, it's basically like a, a perfect allegory for Jordan Peterson's clean your room, right? Like, Definitely. yeah, he's smart, but he doesn't clean his fucking room. And as a result, he gets these tidal waves of all all the relationships that he's neglected sort of turning on mm-hmm. him in many cases.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because that, that builds up in increments, right? It starts to uh, sort of collect in small amounts. And then after some time they start to increment exponentially. And then later, when you do face it, when you do get the repercussions of you know what you've ignored, that's huge, right? You it it, it becomes crippling, and that's what happened. You know his his unhealth uh, like the unhealthy relationship with his daughter, and because of that, the kind of man she chose, right? Like Jerry, and mm-hmm. if you look at Jerry, he's uh, I mean, let's face it, he's dumb. He's too he's too dumb to understand the the, the pointlessness of life, right? Yeah. And the way he acts it out and, and the reason why she went for um, uh, went for I mean, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jerry's wife, his daughter. Yeah. Uh, what? Beth. Beth. That Beth went for um, the reason why Beth went for uh, Jerry's because she didn't want to marry her dad. Right? Because she wanted someone exactly opposite of him. And that was mm-hmm. a conscious decision. But, you know, how would have things turned out if she had gone with the with the trend like you know people say that you marry your father or mother whoever you know because you've been in that sort of trauma so here she did she made the healthy choice but is that really the healthy choice though
0: well I'd say most definitely not you know and yeah, they 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 mean to touch on the show how you know Jerry technically got her pregnant and that's kind of what bonded their union in many ways so I guess you could say Rick's neglect uh, you know resulted her in sort of not having any support framework and you know she she made reckless decisions. Yeah she had reckless decisions. Right, so I did not
2: I did not see it from that point of view. Oh that's actually good. Go on. Yeah. And and you do see
1: in the show, you do bring up a good point that he he simplifies the world for Beth. And there's this one episode where he doesn't know whether she's a clone of herself or not and that if Rick Recognizes that she knows that she's a clone of herself, and he's gonna kill her. And then, so she basically goes to her ex-husband, and and he's able to to bring her back down to earth. She's Mm -hmm. stuck in her um, intuitive thinking cloud and whatnot, and he's able to bring her back and simplify things. Now, and that's kind of the role that he plays for her because looking at her, her dad. And now, at her husband, her husband is almost like the opposite the exact opposite of what her husband represents and that's often what you see in a lot of shows too is to de- to exemplify the the characteristics of one character, you bring in another character that's the exact opposite of contrast,
2: yeah, yeah, it, for it, sure, it's like. Yeah, Th- that, that is that that is fascinating, isn't it? Like Jerry's too dumb to understand the pointlessness of life and the things that, or how he is relevant, or how much he's relevant. And he's he's just well, he's plain dumb, right? But look at look at look at Rick. Rick understands the advantage. pointlessness exactly, the, and 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 Rick understands the, the pointlessness of life, and he's an alcoholic. How, how yeah. ironic is that? It's like it's like it's, it's all about
0: scale, right? From Jerry's perspective, his little world may as well be the entire universe from Rick's mm-hmm. perspective, you know? And within that little world, our little world is far more easy to control. We have far more ability to have a say in in what we do in our little world than we do in the universe all we can do with the universe is just observe it and react to what it does whereas in our little worlds we can at least have some semblance of control or power and you know for jerry it's like the fact that he's locked into that localized perspective in a way keeps him far more content from his own viewpoint Like, there's that episode where, you know, all he wanted in the world was like an advertising award for his shitty marketing campaign slogan, you know, hungry for apples. And they're like, we like it. And he's like, you do. And he was in tears, like, oh my God, I I got this award, Beth. And, you know, Beth is like frozen because, like, the simulation stopped. And so he's just basically, he's like, stay right there. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically just having sex with a CPU version of his wife. Like it's all in his own head. All of it's imaginary. That's the point. Mm-hmm. But from his perspective, those feelings are real. That joy is real. Right. And so we we it's a great allegory for it's like we make our own own purpose. Doesn't matter. He was in a simulation on an alien spaceship that wasn't even about him. It was for Rick to try and extract information from him. But Jerry is like living an entire life or having an entire beautiful experience in this shitty little simulation and feeling and reacting to it as if it's like, you know, essentially the entire entire world to him. It means the world to him, you know? And so it's like that, in that way, it goes to show how Jerry has it better than Rick, even though from most external standpoints, no one would want to be, quote-unquote, a Jerry. But that's sort of how the show flips things around, right? It makes you question sort of everything. Uh, That's why the writers are so great, but yeah. What's crazy Uh, is that
1: from a psychological perspective, you you can say that Rick is like a psychopath. And they have like their own form of uh, gaslighting where he'll literally wipe a person's memory. Like, Black men type, and there's this one episode called uh, Morty's Mind Blowers, and mm-hmm. us also in other episodes in season four, he'll just like cut people's memories and he'll edit
0: all the remember things in the post.
1: Yeah, and definitely, it's kind of funny,
0: and it's fucked up. And it's like, it's another interesting question because, like, how much of a sociopath is Rick really? When you look at him and you say, obviously, yeah, he's a sociopath, he's evil, right? But think about what he's not doing, right? What is he not using his genius to do? Well, people with his sort of intellectual capability and understanding of the big picture could just manipulate all of the, the idiots below him into doing whatever he wants them to do, right? He could rule the world. He could exploit every last man and yeah. woman if he wanted to. But he doesn't, but he he doesn't decides do that. not to do that. He doesn't care. He doesn't he, not necessarily Cause... because he's so good, but because he doesn't care. It's not how he's yeah. built. But he doesn't want to hurt others. Right? He just wants to sort of be able to do his own thing and go on adventures. And if someone gets in his way, yeah, then he'll bulldoze them aside for the most part. But he doesn't have ill intent towards humanity. He's not a, a misanthrope. You know, because it where Rick's that he's like a more morally ambivalent hero or
1: anti villain,
0: yeah, kind like of a like chaotic Thanos. neutral.
1: Like, you may not exactly agree, but you can definitely see where they're coming from. There's a strong right. rationale behind their decisions,
0: that and is he's very not even as bad, as you know you could argue right because he's not even thinking of some large-scale thing that he wants to implement on the population he's not thinking the products of my intuitive thinking abilities must be imposed on on the world on society right like that's more of the NTJ perspective on things they have uh, they have that deep uh, they almost have these feelings of inevitability and in that it's they are sort of helping or, making society better but as a consequence of that they are putting their personal vision on society it's not like they had a vote or they, they they sent surveys around right it's their personal vision but rick doesn't want to interfere in other people's lives like that it's not his thing and if avoidable he will avoid you know doing anything fucked up or whatever but with that ti creative right if something is tedious to him or something is in the place, like, oh, no, this memory, uh, Morty's memory of this event is, is really going to, you know, he's going to bust my balls about this later. Or right, I'll just wipe these, these last 10 minutes. You know, to him, it's like it doesn't seem like such a bad thing, even though from another person's perspective, they would call that sociopathic. It's like better the devil you know than the devil you don't type of thing.
1: Can you summarize the, the point that you were making?
0: My point is that he is a type, that I think would be best described as highly misunderstood, right? Because by others, he's perceived to be sociopathic or evil or bad, when in reality, all that he does, and if you look, is he tries to help his family. He's a bit abrasive in his approach, but he's not, he doesn't wish ill will upon humanity. If anything, he would love to just fix people's problems so they would stop bickering amongst one another. He doesn't have any intent of controlling or altering people's lives by his own will you know and so it's like but now that's not to say that people who do do that are bad it's just to say that um you know people if they are if you combine that with low empathy or low feeling that's usually what you get a lot of the times people who want to do large-scale things they have great intentions but if you take a type like rick and if you were to actually make them a sociopath what they would do is they wouldn't kind of be an asshole. They would tell people what they want to hear and all that, but they would be selling them, you know, they would be selling them pills made of chalk, right? Like they would he would be um he would be damaging society because of his like, I don't know, his own personal ill will towards it. But he stays away from it. He stays out of people's business for the most part. And I don't think he's um you know, as bad on a large scale, right, as someone who wants to control the lives of others would be, if Definitely. that makes sense.
2: Yeah, it does actually make sense. You know, the, there's even in even in the even in the cartoons they show you that, you know, the council of Rick and Morty's, right? So if you look at those are the people who sort of formed a structure, they know what they were doing and they actually didn't care about anything, and that is the sociopathic manifestation of what you just said, you know. Mm-hmm. And but if you look at what happened to Rick, Rick is, I mean, at least this version of Rick is the rebel, right? Because he sort of started out um, from a place uh, where he wanted to give more than receive, right? But at, at at a point where he actually wanted to receive from the people, he received hate, right? Maybe this version, this version for, uh, of or, of 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 reality that that the that the you know the rebellious Rick and Morty that they exist in, is maybe the version where Rick is sort of conflicted by himself. Right, he's not able to reconcile himself with reality in 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 that uh, frame of reality, and that's why um, you know he 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 becomes rebellious. He 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 looks like he doesn't give a shit, but then he himself is in so much pain that he wants to uh, mask it with all of this uh um you know, you, you ma- mask it debauchery. by being an asshole debauchery that's exactly the word i was about to use uh mask it with all this debauchery and uh, and 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 being an asshole and and you know like ha- having this feign having this feign nonchalance right and it's it's in, in, in this and this feigned nonchalant character is, is is how um th- that's how it comes up and oh I don't give a fuck like yo, Marty I don't care about you Marty uh you you, you uh, you're just someone who's going to cancel out my wave, my, my smart waves Marty by by the dumb way so that the council of Rick and Marty's can't detect me Marty you know that that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. he he's you know he's someone who's composed wouldn't do that they would know the need of the Morty and they would you know um, be mm-hmm. calm and they would be composed but rather he lashes out and, and he's like oh this is what it is right and that's was what... That what it
0: is mm. was he lying was
2: it was he telling the truth I, that was his moment of weakness so it and in that moment it was the truth but in hindsight uh, he does feel bad about it because he makes a lot of uh, you know he he he, uh, he makes up for it uh, after you know in the in in the future episodes so yeah. um and the way that builds up uh, it it sort of says more about his um integrity um you know psychologically um as 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 a human being right and 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 that word that he uses what is that is that uh, l- what is that word
0: <laughs> yeah dub. dubba
2: Luba-dubber, babba
0: yeah I go with that one i like that better
2: Okay. Wubba lubba dub dub, oh, yeah. Wubba, lubba, dub dub. okay. Wubba lubba dub dub, is, is that means like, I'm in great pain, help me, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. He wants to say that to people, uh, he, he says that in a language that nobody understands, right? So mm-hmm. that means that he wants to be heard, but maybe he fears judgment that when people hear all of this and people would immediately discount what he has to say. And that has happened. Look at the relationship between Jerry and uh and, and, and Rick. It's um mm-hmm. it's it, look look at that tension. There exists a tension, but then Rick is like, yo, I don't give a fuck about this guy. This guy's dumb. Yeah. Right? Right, but then look at his look at his uh relationship with uh, Morty. I think the only reason he tolerates Morty is because of um uh you know uh, his uh, mm. uh his daughter. Because he has that sort of connection, like, you know, uh, that grandfather-grandson sort of connection, that bond to, you know, see, oh, this is, you know, this is my offspring's offspring, right? Like, and and this this means something to me.
0: I mean, and if, if I can look expand at- on that, because mm-hmm. what I think is, it's also a yin and yang relationship as well. Exa- like, I think wow. that was yeah. part of it. Yeah. yeah, because honestly, and this is where it gets crazy, right? It's like, if you look at them, and if you go on personality database, and you get, even if it's like, you think typing is too subjective, I think statistics always help. Right? And so the statistics have written in the an ENTP and then Morty more or less is either an ISFJ or an ISFP. Now, all the ISF types and the ENT types in socionics exist on a dipole, on opposite ends of each other. And so mm-hmm. I don't think they did read MBTI, but the fact that those archetypes naturally seem to fall into this dynamic of opposites totally augments why it's like, they seem to get along so well and have such great chemistry enough to be the subjects of an entire right. TV show, right? Despite fighting the whole time.
2: Exactly. And, and, and yeah. that's the beauty of it, right? So someone like Rick, who's highly cerebral, gives importance to symbols. Why do you have to speak in a different language, right? It's it, Yeah, you don't want the other person to understand, but there is someone who understands that is you. So this becomes more of a symbolic uh, significance, rather like. than a, a a a cerebral or a log- or logical yeah. significance, and this is that sort of fallacy that goes on in 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 Rick and Morty, and 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 uh, that's the uh, and that's what they're trying to uh, like you know. And he is that sort of conundrum in the timeline that the other uh, council of Rick and Mortys are trying to you know um, remove this inconsistency. This this they, they're trying to set it right, but they yeah. can never do that because. This is the way Rick and Morty, or Rick is supposed to be, or, or Rick and Morty as a as as a whole, as as you know, as a partnership, as a unit, have to be to outsmart them, right? So maybe this I... is how it is meant to be, and yes. all the other and all the other Mortys, Rick and Mortys, have just failed. So the mm-hmm. discrepancy, so the discrepancy in the timeline, is not a discrepancy, but it is what how it is what, what was supposed to be happen. That's how it was. Darkness and light. Right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And and, and, and isn't I think it's
0: so interesting because just, just before I forget, right, just to touch back up on that, isn't it so interesting, right, how it's it seems to be a subtle point being made that you have this council of ricks. We have all these different ricks from all these different timelines, but all the ricks have a Morty. It's like each yin will always come with its yang, Right. right. You know, they're they're inseparable. It's like trying to cut a bar mm. magnet in half with like mm-hmm. a north and a south pole. You just right. get two new bar magnets, right? So right. yeah, I think that's really interesting.
2: And 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 the way all of this is conceptualized is what is um um it, it brings and, and and look at it, it brings more clarity than confusion in the end. You know, because you if you look at it closely, you will understand that they don't respect anything. And they're trying to bring more understanding to the people, so that they can understand. Oh, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. This is how it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the thing is, it doesn't sit well with people, and and it doesn't sit well with uh, you know. Um, I mean, the philosophy of Rick and Morty doesn't sit well with many people, or it's not even visible to you know to, to many people. Right, like Jerry's, the way- right? they are a lot of ex- Jerry's like, like out Jerry's, there. exactly like <laughs> Jerry's, right? Because not not because that they are you know oblivious to all of this, but rather exactly they don't, find, they it don't find it interesting not only that but it's also
0: and why don't they find it interesting
2: because that's something that is out of their um you know realm right, right? it's it's out of right. their realm of reality it's out mm-hmm. of their uh, uh, because okay so like try, have...
0: it's like trying to describe a color to a blind person basically yeah
2: exactly so you can't you can't yeah, yeah you so can it, that. that's what it is and um the the main reason it's in the wrong order Right, because we make decisions we understand and we want to understand people from our limbic self, from our limbic system, and the limbic system is important for making decisions. So, so and the limbic system does not know language, it does not know logic, it doesn't understand it. Right, so it understands feelings. See, now that's the that's the problem here. Like you you know, you've picked the best phone, right? You you know you've picked the best Android phone, and it's much better than the Apple phone. But something in you says, Oh man, I should have maybe I should have gone with the Apple phone, right? So oh my God, this is so, so interesting. So that's what's going on here, right? That's what's going on here. People don't know the why, yes. right? They so interesting. But right? Yes, they,
0: you're right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry, yeah, continue. Right. So they don't know the why. So like if people knew why Rick was doing what he was doing. And where does that bring us, right?
0: Exactly. people knew why right typology exactly. right it's like a perfect what? allegory for in uh for polar fi and what polar fi looks like
2: exactly right? exactly
1: yeah it, it's a perfect demonstration mm-hmm. of that because rick and morty p- portrays the archetype quite well because as an entp you have dominant ne and polar fi and in a in a universe where there's an infinite amount of dimensions where you can infinitely go and there's endless exploring them all with no
0: values of your own it's like you're inside out
1: then there really is, is no value
0: because values are
1: are subjective to the context mm-hmm. that it's in like like uh punching somebody like in the face is wrong in a subway right but it's c- the correct thing to do if definitely, you're in a boxing definitely... thing, for example like it's so if you're if you can explore infinite contexts then there is really no morality and that that's like a a symbolic reflection of what rick um resembles but also the archetype of ENTP resembles because they struggle finding values because they can see that the value changes depending on the context and they can see multiple different potentials through any because it's a intuitive um function that that's like the Thanos
0: dilemma you know it's like uh inferior or polar fi versus let's say a polar ni right like if, if Thanos you... is saying i'm wiping out half the population because if we were to continue at this rate of population everyone would die right and yeah. so if you're taking inferior fi it's like yeah. they don't care about the humanitarian um results of that right they're not necessarily feeling it internally at least and um and at the same time the people who are saying thanos you're bad you must be defeated uh, and then they defeat him and they go yay we defeated thanos but it's like well that's where the polar n i comes in because now it's like the story ends there but the question is wait what are you guys going to do about the population problem now <laughs> it ended before you guys came yeah. up with a solution D- to it definitely right yeah <laughs>
2: you know and and so, that's a good thing yeah. and i think and if you look at people who have polar fi or like you know, or low fi. You know, I'm talking sure. that any of the slots, right? Um, except the first slot, basically. So if you look at them, right, they they are the big picture people. Mm-hmm. Name name one one name one yeah. visionary or anyone in our time. Okay, futuristic visionary who has fi in 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 their first four functions.
1: Well, if we look into typology, um, typology is basically a personality metric to and people can fall into 16 different categories and Rick and Morty um is falls into the category of ENTP and since he values extroverted intuition then he neglects by default introverted sensing so if you uphold dominant ne intuition then you neglect the sensory if you uphold thinking then you neglect the feeling aspect. That's the a, a rough archetype of MBTI. And so, if you look at Rick Sanchez, he strongly upholds dominant extroverted intuition, and that's a cerebral, cognitive, intellectual function. And he neglects the traditions of the past and routine and rituals and that
0: he sort of thing. bodily needs. And you can see that. That's why he drinks, right? Polar SI, mm-hmm. like SI a lot of the times being able to take care of your own body, being able to respond to what your body is telling you, things of that, where he's always on the move. And also neglecting or rejecting government yeah. or any sort of
1: anything that will hold them down or keep them down to earth or keep them
0: from settling. But F I doms can be very rebellious too. They can be very rebellious against the system. Sometimes you could look at inferior TE as sort of a rebellion against the, the structure. But usually it's rebelling against standards. That's why, yeah, usually they're like, well, you can't, you know, you can't use SATs, right? You can't uh, make people into a number. Everyone's special, like that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it also is representative of FI as well. It can be.
1: And, and well, if you look at RIC, like all of the RICs are ENTPs and they come together to form an SI institution. And the protagonist of the show is the Rickest of all Ricks. So he even rejects the institutions that Ricks would set up because by default, he, he neglects his last uh, introverted SI function for the sake of more exploration and not being settled down or held back by. Also with creative thinking, it's continually trying to step outside the box. It doesn't want to be categorized in any way because that limits the potential. And, and that's what you see. That's a characteristic trait of creative individuals is they, they continually find ways to step outside of the box and you can't quite measure it because it's continually going outside of measurement. For example, like in the Big Five, openness is associated with intelligence, but it has zero correlation with grades. Like the essay that you write for your teacher, like how creative it is, it, it doesn't really have an effect on your grades. Creativity doesn't. Um, school is more set up to to reward uh, repetitive facts or regurgitation of information. It makes sense that when they've done investigations on what predicts outcome performance in schools, creativity has a zero correlation to high grades and high GPS. And what contributes most to it is Intelligence and conscientiousness. Yes. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, another interesting thing here is that, you know, I've said this before, you know, this isn't the only show Justin Roiland made. He made this show. We got Rick and he's an ENTP. And then you have another show called Solar Opposites. And I don't know if you guys watched that one, but I recommend doing it on your own time. I also double check with Personality Database to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. But The two main characters of that show, notice the title, Solar Opposites, they're two aliens stranded on Earth. Um, They need to terraform the planet for the mother, for the motherland, but that's, that's redundant. Um, The point is, these two aliens, right, one of the aliens would be almost a stereotypical to the bone example of an INTJ, and the other would be an ENFP. And it's interesting, right, because you also see, like, tons of people, you know, discussing in, in typology about, like, that the comparing and contrasting those two types, because from an intuitive standpoint, you know they would be, um, what would be the word for them? They would be mirage, right? Sort of mirage types. Um, they look like each other's dual, even though they're not. They're not exactly each other's dual. INTJ would be ESFP, ENFP would be um, uh, ISTJ, but they're they're both picturesque examples of both of those archetypes and you have the rest of the smith family and rick and morty with rick being in the ntp uh seven wing eight morty being an isfj six wing seven um so notice they share a seven it's sort of they're sort of like linked in the middle and but their core their core types are different when he'd be a six he would be a seven a and then he goes in the eight direction and morty's a six going in the seven direction Beth would be an ESTJ. Jerry would be either an ISFP or an ISFJ. Not entirely sure, but I think he would be a six-wing seven, just like Morty. They're the same enneagram type. they would both the ISFs. So you have Rick the ES uh, the ENT, Beth the ESTJ, Morty uh, ISFP, and Jerry ISFJ. Summer would be an ESFP. Um, those would all be, except for Beth. Rick would be alpha. Jerry would be Alpha. Morty would be Gamma. Summer would be Gamma. And Beth would be Delta. So Beth always does kind of feel like the black sheep in the family. That's why she wants to distance herself, I feel like, and escape and go on those galactic adventures. Um, I feel like she she feels kind of like out of place in that in that home, even more so than Rick sometimes. But the fact that these characters at all, seem to match with these archetypes, suggests, once again, that there is something far more fundamental to the way that we structure stories and characters that we may think. We may be, in a way, tacitly sort of teaching people about these more fundamental differences in psychology or, you know, neural configuration between types. And that's why these dynamics in the Smith family are so relatable to everybody. You know, they... um. Like that's why people will watch the show and, and take interest in it. They yeah. they can, they've seen this stuff before. They may not just be able to pinpoint it or put it into words. And so for those getting interested, yeah, it's a it great, resonates yeah, it's with a, them and
1: they find it meaningfully yeah, engaging.
0: It's a great intro to that.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a great show, and I think in our modern culture, we're seeing a rise of romanticizing intellectual types. Hmm. Makes sense. You can see that, like in Doctor Who, in Robert Downey Jr. Uh, you can even see it in Bojack Horseman. He's like a intellectual, rational nihilist, and and True. Hedonistic yeah. as well. And uh, Rick and Morty, like etc. Because I think as our culture moves into a more cerebral path, huh? where technology is becoming more immersed into our culture it it is the case that people that have more of an advantage are the creative intuitive thinking types that that are able to be more adaptive and pick up things on the go and i think that's a that may be a partial reason as to why we're seeing a romanticization of entp types like jordan peterson rick from Rick and morty bojack horseman uh,
0: iron man from Avengers,
1: like, et cetera, because we're moving into this new dawn.
0: Yeah, I mean, ENTPs are interesting because they can take the nerdy and they can make it generally more exciting. I, I, I mean, that's the thing. We're not the rocket scientists. Like, ENTPs, like, Rick sees, like, himself as the smartest type in the universe, right? Where it's like, that wouldn't really be accurate for him. It's just that, like, someone like Rick just has a very general intelligence. It's just, it's able. he's able to cast his net far and wide, right? Whereas, yeah. it's perceptive yeah. where
1: an INTP would be more system- Yeah, they drill into like something. Like, Sean Carroll. Elon Musk. Sean Carroll
0: a great example of an INTP, right? Because, like, he's, uh, like, a fucking genius, right? And he is able to work through all of this, these abstract truths of the universe, but he is drilling down- into one interpretation that he's mm-hmm. putting all of his chips in. Like he's literally, he even like said the most quintessential yeah. thing in one of the interview. I'll, I'll wrap up right there. Just is like, he's the one of the interview asked him like, "What well, what's your goal with all of this? And his goal is like, I want my theory, many worlds theory to one day be accepted by the scientific community as a fact of our universe. Like just clear cut, right? That's his goal. I want my theory that I'm working on my TI fruits the fruits of my ti tree to be accepted in the long run by the fe tribe so it's like you could see sort of like that full circle right that that dominant function then coming around in the long run he doesn't use fd over time he's on Fe dom for sure but he values it because at the end of the day that Mm -hmm. he's doing this because he wants to give it to the tribe he's like i hope the tribe will like this and accept this right and so yeah
1: you know yeah, you, you can see a similar contrast between for example Carl Jung and Jordan Peterson where Carl Jung is an INTP and he he dives deep and deep 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 into the layers of the psyche and where Jordan Peterson he's more on the surface more rambly. Not, I don't mean that in, the, in a shallow way but he, he pulls from a
0: much wider variety of sources and and combines them together. Use extroverted intuition to combine things. What Rick does is he breaks down convention. So he doesn't want to ascribe to a convention. He wants to break it down. And as a result of that mentality, it also spills into his behavior in the form of a rebellious attitude. Because once you break everything down into nothing, essentially, you're not going to look at authority as, as something worth Uh, respecting as opposed to anything else. You're just going to look at authority as another assembly of molecules. You're just going to see it as another viewpoint, right? Where it's like I understand the fundamentals, you're just trying to make me have uh, a surface level interpretation of it that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, something that's interesting is that despite all of this, you can still have, you still have a hero's journey. You still have a hero's arc. Because if an individual is still the same person at the end of the show than he was at the the beginning, then there's real no excitement because there's nothing going on. Like, experiences change Mm -hmm. you, by definition. They make you more competent or they damage you or you learn something as a result. The fact fact that they're put in a story automatically implies that there's development that's going to occur because that's something that you see with Bojack Horseman is a prime example. Like you, you can see him. It's an excellent show where you see him grow throughout the seasons and, and begin to value um, social harmony and the relationships he has with other people and, and helping those around stop being such a, as like a promise to God, which is what's, it was an odd, like it, it was an odd, what would you call it? special moment of the show that just occurred for a second. Mm-hmm. And and then, and then after he he saves Morty and he's alive, he's like, "Oh f you, God!" Like I don't believe in anything, and yeah. he throws his middle fingers up in the air. But you, you can still see a character arc where he grows, like nonetheless, and he still yeah. does stick with Morty, nonetheless. And he he does like, I think what I, I agree with Jordan Peterson on what he said about the Simpsons is, I would say something similar about. Rick and Morty is that what gives it its soul is the fact that at the end of the day, he still upholds his family values even though he may not want to admit it. Like deep deep down, mm-hmm. there was even a memory where um, he he cried, uh, watching yeah. Morty memories of Morty baby. when he was as a baby. Yeah, and and he denied it and like he'll deny it all day long, but. you crying no I'm
0: not crying
1: Yeah, yeah yeah there's still growth there yeah and that's interesting because also another interesting thing is the fact that we're seeing a rise in our culture of existential questioning where underlying Rick and Morty Bojack Horseman and say even Jordan Peterson's work there's this underlying current of wrestling with the existential reality of our existence it, yeah. it's like trying to g- g- grip, trying to come to grip and wrestle with what really is truth what are values what is meaning and purpose at the end of the day and trying to you could can... trying to explore and extract um that avenue like as far as it can where and and Rick Sanchez, he, he takes a more hedonistic approach and Bojack Horseman, he, he has a... Well, they're facing different um, types of nihilism where Bojack Horseman is facing its existential
0: nihilism. Bojack is more of an achiever and Rick is more of an individualist. Bojack wants an Oscar and Bo- Bojack wanted to be remembered and Rick didn't care about any of that shit.
1: Yeah, you know, Rick is a cosmic like, nihilist. So like at yeah, the end of the yeah. day, there really is no morals. And where BoJack Horseman is an essential nihilist is where, despite the absurdity of the universe, you can still contend with it to to try to find carve your own meaning in
0: life. And he admitted, though, that the, the entire reason he wanted a trophy or to be remembered, it was just sort of a placeholder, right? It was only something that he thought he wanted. That would quell or fill mm-hmm. the void that he had, uh, yeah, et cetera. And,
1: yeah. And, and so, the underlying reason as to why Bojack Horseman, Rick and Morty, and Jordan Peterson has risen to popularity within our culture, it seems like it's putting into words, into imagistic representation of the same yeah. questions that everybody has been having in our current society yeah that's what i've
0: been saying uh, yeah that's one of my main points right it's like this is a way of implicitly showing people these grand truths in a package that is you know uh digestible right one that can almost be consumed in the form of a joke as opposed to in the form of a lecture or a dogmatic sort of shopping list of truths it's more of like being packaged together in something that is designed to entertain and whether or not the audience member derives the full value of it the full meaning of what's being transmitted is up to them but um but yeah it's so interesting how it's like BoJack and and Rick have so many of the different the same demons they uh even Jordan Peterson right like Jordan Peterson also has like issues with substance abuse and depression and nihilism and he talks about how he yeah he talks about how he well even now right i mean he you know he he got addicted to benzos again and i know you like the guy so i'm not i'm not trying to tear him down i mean look he got he got addicted again that's the bottom line i think even he would describe it that way to himself in private he's like i fucked up again i think that's what he's saying to himself right now the
1: particulars of that
0: situation
1: is because Since he took antidepressants uh, his entire life, uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, it made him really, really sensitive to benzodiazepine with straw, where it it created a horrible um, complex illness where taking any kind of um, almost anything he was allergic to and it created um, like horrible... uh, I don't even know what would you call it, but like akinesthesia, I, I, I think that was the term,
0: yeah, I mean, to be honest, between you and me, I just don't believe him, like unless he can really give some more, I just don't believe him, I think he's trying to cover his ass, and I don't really believe him, but at the same I'm not saying that that undermines any of what he has said or um any of the importance, for example, of adopting responsibility, and yeah, taking, his wife uh,
1: has had cancer and So he took antidepressants. But nonetheless, I think I agree with you where despite any mistakes of one particular individual, there's still an overarching lesson or knowledge that can be extracted from like Rick and Morty or BoJack Horseman. We have these flawed characters where despite their, their flaws and their bad characteristics we're still rooting for them at the end of the day because we can empathize with them or see their rationale and where they're coming from at least on a cerebral level or an emotional level depending on the topic yeah.
0: yeah and to bring it full circle it's like the grand truth of all of it is it's like can be basically sized in you know that that one quote where it's like morty who has been traumatized uh, by all of Rick's experiences, he still learns from it. And he becomes more of a confident, assertive person, generally speaking, because of it. And, you know, he's, he buried his, his self in the backyard. And, you know, yeah. Summer is Ego freaking deaths. out about something and just comes up to her. And is just like, listen, Summer, nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. Life is meaningless. Come watch TV. Yeah. Right. So it's all meaningless, but don't think about it. Like that's something Rick would say a lot, right? Like yeah. There's this one scene, like in the first episode, right? Where they're running through a, a lab and this thing, takes this an thing comes out of test to and it starts growing and it's running. And if you see it as a baby and it's like its entire life happens in five, mm. uh, in five seconds. Also Roy, right. Oh my God. Roy was probably one of the things that just threw me for the biggest loop, right? It's like they go into this alien arcade and, and, and Morty just comes along with him, and Rick is like, oh, yeah, uh, throw this headset on, play this game. And he's like, what? And he just wakes up, right, and he's a kid, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, welcome Flip to school, kids. Like, this is the time anything's possible, and, like, he grows up, but he gets a girlfriend, and, and he's playing football, and then he gets cancer, and then he beats cancer, and then and then he just, he's, he's, at, he's at a carpet store, and then he, you know, he's climbing up the ladder, and He's looking at his old trophies and pictures, and then he falls over the ladder and then dies. It's like game over. And he's like, whoa, what, what? Where's my wife? Where's my wife? He's like, dude, dude, shut up, Morty. You were playing Roy. You didn't leave the carpet store? What the fuck's wrong with you? You know, like, (laughs) yeah. because, like, for all we know, this could be Roy. Exactly. Right? Like this could just be one fucking. Yeah, after we die, uh, we don't we, know. we take
1: off the VR headset and we're like, Whoa, that that was know. you we'll, didn't we'll know? make it past the, <laughs> the carpentry? <laughs> What's wrong?
0: You? Yeah, you didn't you I and he's like I never go back to the carpet store <laughs> you know he's like oh shit oh shit everyone look he's, this guy's taking roy <laughs> off the grid he's got no social oh security god. number Holy
2: for roy shit. oh my god <laughs> so, what a fucking yeah, great I, owl, that was a good point so, yeah. i think you know with that we could just head towards our closing thoughts uh kenway well uh what would you like to say like you know about the series as a you know as a whole your point your i mean if you wanted to summarize this entire podcast into you know into a few words what, what what would be your takeaway what would you want our listeners to take away from this from your from your point of view
1: well as its one lesson that i would extract from rick and morty in particular is that so many of the things that we worry about don't really have any meaning or merit to them at the end of the day So you can utilize perhaps a portion of nihilism as a treatment for potential anxiety or unnecessary thoughts, because many of the worrisome thoughts Mm -hmm. that people have throughout their days are ultimately meaningless at the end of the day. and. And we talked about a lot of stuff. Existentialism it was was the anchor of, of this podcast. And Rick and Morty it is a great representation of the existential nihilistic philosophy that current currently we battle with today, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to build off of what Kenway just said, I, I'd like to close by saying it's like, Take into account all of what we said about, you know, being able to combine multiple things together, right? Nietzsche, all these different perspectives on nihilism and existentialism that we've talked about in these these programs. And it's like, that's why I think you got to continue that trend by putting things together more and more to make something that is fulfilling. That's why I recommend it's like anyone who hasn't, you know, if anyone knows the YouTube channel, Kurtz uh, KurtzGissat in a nutshell, they have, uh, I think, one of their most viewed videos. I think it's got well over 10 million or so views called Optimistic Nihilism, right? And it's about being able to take maybe this – essentially the point of it is don't neglect the truth, right? Understand the universe, come to terms with what it is, but don't let that break you down into a, uh, into a stupor or a, a morass. Of disablement Mm -hmm. and inactivity and lethargy and and misery. Use it to instead use it as a blank slate or a blank foundation to build whatever house or castle you want for yourself in this life. Because it's an entire waste of time to just look at the apparent meaninglessness and coldness and and chaos of the universe and to let it consume you but you can make your own life in this. And, you know, I think that's a great video, optimistic nihilism for anyone who is uh, interested.
1: Yeah, despite being in the face of existential reality and the perhaps absurdity of it all, we can still prevail against that and slice our own corner of whatever we would want to, whatever we would want, that to be Mm
0: -hmm.
1: embark on a adventurous journey of exploration where Mm. that's where we see rick undertake is that he still values science he upholds understanding and that's another thing that gives it soul and that's another thing that you can take home away with you is despite reality and its right. complexity we can still come to grips with it and attempt to understand more
2: definitely to build upon that i would uh, like to close with one thing that i can learn from rick uh rick and morty the the whole show you know from jerry from 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 rick from beth from all these guys from all these characters is that um i i would rather focus on the now than something that i'm going to get in the future being constricted and also conflicted by yourself and the other people around you so i would rather focus on on the now and the why um and slowly move ahead like what ryan said in the end he quoted uh rick where oh you know when when, when rick uh i'm not, not rick when um morty tells uh his sister that you know i'm dead um so okay i don't even belong here anymore let's go and watch tv so that sort of thing comes from a place of true reckoning, true understanding. And for that, you really have to live in the present. You, you have to see what's around you now and live in the now. So uh, that's what I'd like to uh, take, take yeah. away from, uh, from Rick and Morty. Beautiful.
0: Ah, oh, I I hope the listen ah uh, the listeners enjoyed this. This is good stuff.
1: Yeah. Good stuff.
0: And this is a great kickoff to our podcast as well. This is deep shit. Like anyone who can come to terms with crazy things basically has the world as their oyster. That's the way I see yeah. it at least. It's like if you can break out of those schemas and see the world for where it is, you can do whatever you want, um, that you really, really commit Definitely.
2: to Definitely. So it's not the it's not the smart people who make it, guys, it's the it's the it's the resilient, the relentless and and the committed
0: the ambitious
2: ambitious and the committed who who put in the work daily day in and day out so yeah
0: uh hey guys thank you for listening until the end to the speakly after hours podcast where is the wild west in the after hours and we will talk about literally anything if you would like to be featured on the uh, speakly initiative or join one of our conversations make sure to check out the link in the
1: description below write down any suggestions you may have on our Instagram or email. Just let us know.
0: And uh, tune in next time for more of God Knows.